Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled to have you with us today. I'm William Fisher, one of the leaders here at Northlands Church. Again, I'd like to welcome you to this series on prayer. Last week, Pastor Greg's message on waking up the mighty, he stated that we were in a spiritual warfare and that our two offensive weapons are prayer and the Word of God. In Ephesians 6, 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your waist girded with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying always with supplication in the Spirit. This message this morning entitled, The Powers and Efficiencies of the Spirit. I would like to begin this message geared toward those believers in Christ who have not yet fully released or received the joyful experience of their personal spirit language, also called their prayer language, or praying in the Spirit. We are in a season of time that we must, as believers, come to a place of understanding that we need everything that Christ Jesus made available for us when He sent Holy Spirit to us with spiritual gifts that can be received by grace through faith as believers in Christ Jesus. Now, I do understand, perhaps, that some Christians may be saying to themselves, I don't know about this praying in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul has such an encounter with a dozen or so believers in Acts 19, verse 1. Let me read that. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, And to what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Let me go over to 1 Corinthians 12. Now, this is Paul again talking about spiritual gifts. Now, he said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that in you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. 
and there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For no one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and to another by the same Spirit the gifts of healings. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretations of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works for all these things, distributing to one individually as he wills. Now verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gift, and yet I show you a more excellent way. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. These tongues are spoken to God, not men. And there's no requirement for inter interpretation. That's what verse 2 is saying. Although believers can ask God for the interpretation, since tongues speak mysteries that the spirit wants to reveal. Now going down to verse 26. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you have a psalm, have a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, and has an interpretation, yet all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks a tongue, let there be two or more at the most three in each turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for you all can prophesy one by one, that all may learn and may be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now here, Paul explains the importance of order for the corporate gift of tongues. Now, let me just break this down. What is being said here in, in these uh, verses that I've re just read is that the gift of tongues is for the person with the gift coming from the kingdom of God to that person with the gift and he said, pray that there be two or three interpreters of that. That's the gift of tongues. But then we're talking about through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues in your prayer language. That comes from the one that has the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking out of their mouth 
surrendering their tongue to Holy Spirit, praying from their belly, from the Spirit, to the throne of God. One is from the throne to the one with the gifts. The other is from that believer going up to the throne, his prayer. That has been fulfilled as it relates to the infilling of Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Now, I want to go here so you can understand that there are things in scriptures and prophecies that have been filled as it relates with those of us speaking in tongues, prophesying, and praying in the Spirit. What's been prophesied? Let's go to Joel 2, 28 and not 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my men servants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And this was fulfilled over in Acts 2, 16 through 18. Let me read that for you. And this is, this is Peter speaking to the crowd after they were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. Verse 16, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Let me take you over to Matthew 3.11, prophesied by John the Baptist. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And it was fulfilled, it was fulfilled in Acts 11, 16. And then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. These scriptures are an assurance that what was promised by Jesus and received by the apostles and his followers on the day of Pentecost is just as alive and real for us today as it was then when Holy Spirit fell on them in the upper room. As believers in Christ, we need to receive Holy Spirit and the gifts of praying in the Spirit or praying in an unknown tongue, which is for every born-again believer. This is what Jesus was referring to as the Holy Spirit as our helper when speaking to his disciples over in John 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that you may be able, uh, I'm sorry, that you may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because they neither sees him, nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. Here again, Jesus is saying that if we believe in him, 
whatever we ask for in his name, he will do it. Jesus said that he himself would pray to the Father on our behalf. What is it you need today? When you pray today, just ask of the Father in Jesus' name. He said, he will do it. Acts 1, verse 1, this is Luke speaking. In my first book, I told you, Theopolis, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Oh, somebody say, Jesus is alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once, when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and to restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus told them that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. This is the same power that's available for us today. When we pray in the Spirit, we can expect total effectiveness, because Holy Spirit is praying through us as we surrender our tongue to Him. Jesus told them not to get caught up on end-time gossip, but to, spend, but to spread this good news about him everywhere. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbid in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Church, we do not have to take anything from the devil. We can command him to go in the name of Jesus. We have a divine power in us to bind and to loose. That's the one reason Satan the devil does not want you as a believer in Christ Jesus praying in the Spirit. Now I want to give you seven, seven reasons. There's so many more, but I want to give you seven reasons as a believer in Christ Jesus for praying in the Spirit and why the enemy doesn't want you having this gift. One, dual working of the Spirit operation. There's a dual working Spirit at the salvation. There's a Spirit indwelling and a Spirit upon you that are fully dressing you. There's a baptism into the body of Christ and there's also a baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you as a believer and can come upon you to deal with every situation in your life. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus after he was baptized. And the Holy Spirit fully dressed Jesus to perform miracles. Two, he puts the church in the right position to tap into the supernatural. 
In Acts 2.1, the day of Pentecost, believers were in one accord, in one place, with cloven tongues, like fire set upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit willed. Peter began to preach. And we see in verse 37, being full and filled of the Spirit, 3,000 were added to the church that day. Number three, it is a way for every believer that can experience divine power to break assignments of the devil. What kind of power? Miracle-working power. Divine, supernatural ability. Acts 1.8 tells the believer that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. You, the believer, shall receive ability, efficiency, and might. That's out of the Amplified. Ability is the power to get results. Efficiencies is everything you need. Might is the power and ability to do everything and anything in Christ Jesus. Luke 10, 19 states, Behold, I give in you the power to trade it on serpents and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Four, it's a way to pray for the unknown and the perfect will of God for your life. Romans 8.26 Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Five, it's a supernatural way to have direct contact with God and His wisdom. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 says, For he speaks in an unknown tongue, speaketh not into men, but into God. For no man understands him, howbeit the Spirit speaketh mysteries. What are these mysteries that men speak when they speak in tongues? Mysteries are the hidden wisdom of God, divine secrets given to men by God. Praying in tongues is a supernatural means of communicating with God who gives the believer mysteries or hidden secrets and the wisdom of God that is revealed. Six, it's a supernatural way to edify yourself and others. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. Now, there are three areas you edify when you pray in the Spirit. One, your spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, your spirit is being synthesized to hear God more clearly. Two, you have a soul. When you pray in the Spirit, you pick up revelations. You may read the Word of God and gain more revelation than you would normally by just reading and not praying in the Spirit. As a believer, you have the mind of Christ in your spirit. That mind of Christ will cause your natural mind to gain more understanding. You live in a body. When you pray in the Spirit, it's like releasing supernatural vitamins and nutrients in your flesh. 
the flesh becomes stronger. You are healed from the inside out. Your healing is in your spirit. So build your natural body up by praying in the spirit. And seven, it's a supernatural way for you to walk in love. Jude 1.20 reads, Remind the believers to build yourself up on the most highly faith by praying in the Spirit. Now the Message Bible says, But you, dear friends, carefully build yourself up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love. Praying in the Spirit keeps the believers centered in God's love. The only law the New Testament believer lives under now is the law of love. In John 13, 34, the believer is commanded to love one another as God has loved them. John 5, 14, 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I am believing that everyone today who have not received your prayer language, that you will in Jesus' name. Don't give up going after your prayer language. Press in for it. Keep trying till you release your spirit language to the Father. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you now. And I lift up, Father, all the believers who are seeking you out, Father God, who want their own individual prayer language, Father God. So, Father, we're believing you for that right now in Jesus' name. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we surround them with faith, and we surround them with love in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.